Hello and welcome to the PC Gamer UK podcast. My name is Samuel Roberts and I'm the editor of PC Gamer and I'm joined today by... Phil Savage, deputy editor. Andy Kelly, section editor. We're here to talk about computer games. <laughs> Sorry, Andy always does a little shrug after he says section editor. It's like you forget, I don't know what it is. That's what I am. You forget what your contract, contracted job title is. Yeah. Um, I can make you head of dank memes if you like. That. Yeah, meme lord. <laughs> Um, so today we've got a bunch of uh, sort of like new-ish games to talk about. Yeah. Uh, nothing that's too far off, but a couple of cool things. Um, we're going to start with Hitman Sapienza level, which has been out for a couple of uh, couple of weeks now, and it's uh, the second of the uh, seven DLC packs they're going to release for this ongoing experience they're building at IO Interactive. Um, just wondering what you guys made of it compared to the first one, which was. A little bit prescribed relative to like blood money kind of levels in terms of the amount of sort of stuff going on with the fashion show and that. Like, uh, how have you guys found Sapienza like, generally? Yeah, Paris was a very intricate level. That was the first one, the first episode, Paris, set in this fashion show. Very intricate, lots of moving parts. You've got on the one level this public showing for a fashion show, and then upstairs there's this weird backroom auction happening. And there's a lot of layers in terms of security and there's not much you can do to explore from the bat. You always have to find uh, some sort of uniform or disguise to get basically anywhere with it. Yeah. And Sapienza is very different. Like straight from the off, you just load in on a bench in a street and you can wander around this coastal town. And that, that means without having, because, because to an extent, once you come up with a disguise, you are committing yourself to a certain course of action. I think what makes Sapienza really good is you don't have to do that from the off. You, you're given the chance to just have a look, see what opportunities um, sort of emerge as, as, you, as you look around. And that's, that's really good. It's really fun to sort of experience within that way in that kind of non-committal, um, explorative sort of way that does hark back, I think, more to at least Blood Money's better levels. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, <clears throat> so there's two targets to take out in this one. A guy called Caruso and a lady whose name I can't remember. Um, but she's on the top Francesca? floor. Francesca? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. And she's on the top floor of this kind of mansion <clears throat> that's behind this wall. Um, and you start in this kind of like little mini town hub mm. in front of the hall, in front of the um In front of the mansion. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, you so... Um, you have to kill those targets, and then there's a, a kind of like an underground segment where you need to go and find this lab and destroy this virus sample. And uh, yeah, yeah, there's, there's quite a, a quite a compelling little sort of mini story within that level where the, the reason you've got to kill these people is because they're working on a virus that is basically Fox Die from the Metal Gear series. It targets a specific DNA signature to kill individual people. Ah, it's one of those uh, <clears throat> fictional contrived uh, yeah. <laughs> viruses you hear And so isn't much the idea that the agency is, feels threatened? Well, they've been hired to do it, but also, yeah, there's kind of a... I mean, as people who are employed to yeah. do actual assassinations with people... That's probably probably similar good. things happened when the agricultural industry got mechanized. Sort of a farmer went out and uh, <laughs> destroyed a lot of machinery or to try and protect his or self-service his checkouts. Job. In yeah, I mean, supermarkets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Forty-seven is very much the luddite within this. Yeah. He wants to do level. it the old-fashioned way by dressing up as a clown and uh, injecting them with a syringe. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I must say I really kind of enjoyed this one because, um, like you say, Phil, the the way you can sort of change what you're doing on the fly, change mm. your approach means that it can turn into a bit of a farce and that is uh, that is extremely fun 
Um, so I I, uh, I started the level as I'm sure a lot of people did, where you just, just crash delivery van off to the side and. Yeah. There's a guy there, and you can strangle him and push him off the cliff, kill his mate, and kill this cyclist they've knocked over as well. Go in with this. You don't need to kill those two. Oh, right. I, you, I just you, did. You, you can just kill one of them. Yeah, I did that. Well, uh, you lose points yeah. for you killing may, non-targets. You may be surprised to learn that I got zero out of five for uh, my Hitman <laughs> assassination rating. Um, but do that, kind of go in. I didn't have a gun with me, admittedly, but then I thought I'll figure it out when I'm, once I'm in there. And... Uh, yeah, I killed Francesca while dressed as a security guard. And um, even though there's a lot of security guards that can recognize you, what I really like about the AI um, kind of like detection system in this is that if you breeze past them, you can sometimes sort of fudge yeah. it. And I think that's actually a really good system rather than having them immediately spot you because it gives you a certain ambiguity to kind of work with. And I think that is quite cool. And um, so, yeah, I strangled her in her office and then went out and I wasn't caught. And, and that was great. And then... Um, the second, I, I made a, such a mess of Caruso. Caruso is kind of like on this like <laughs> patio where there's a swimming pool and like a mini golf course. Yeah, and he's he's really hard to get to actually. And um, I'm wondering, actually, how, how did you guys uh, how did you guys sort of like take out both targets? What was your kind of approach? Well, I've only killed Caruso so far. Um, I've killed him twice, and afterwards restarted the level because I'm one of those people that just keeps restarting. The level you got to get it perfect. Him. Yeah. So the the best. The best one was posing as the chef's assistant, who the chef handily had never met. So <laughs> you can get away with looking like a big barcode yeah, nutter. A, a fact that is very, <coughs> very obviously uh, spelled out to you on yeah, the street. By a woman shouting it. <laughs> shouting at yeah. this new employee. Um, so yeah, I posed as a chef's assistant, and then um, the chef, uh, who was standing smoking in the kitchen, went, why don't you go and make that tomato sauce? Because I'm not feel inspired or something. So I stood there and made some tomato sauce, and of course... There's a pack of rat poison, uh, basically on the opposite counter, uh, infected the soup or the sauce, whatever it was. Um, rang the dinner bell. Your man ate his lunch, which I prepared for him, and then he ran off to the toilet, and I drowned him in the toilet. So it was a fairly standard. I mean, it's fairly the same way I killed toilet drowning. Yeah, yeah, I, same I, way I, I killed the man in the other level. Did you use the um, the uh, what's it called system that tells you uh, that tracks the well, it was like the opportunity system. Yeah. Well, like Phil said, it was fairly obvious because right next to the bench where you start, there's a woman shouting to up to a guy's flat saying it's your first day of work. David, go and meet this guy who yeah. you've never met who so, works in the mansion. So it said opportunity revealing, <laughs> but I thought I kind of know what's happening here. So yeah, I went up and took his uniform and weirdly if you look at his monitor in his room he's playing hitman sniper challenge oh yeah that was that makes yeah. Any sense uh, <laughs> yeah meta i mean and i know like what they're doing there it's like a cute little reference or whatever but, but they should but, have had him playing kane and lynch too yeah dog days <laughs> see that would have been like that would have been made more in in game sense would have made more in game sense and you'd yeah. feel less bad about strangling him for yeah. his clothes yeah i did feel quite bad about that but um my i'm not as jazzed about it as some really? as you guys probably um it feels quite it feels doesn't feel very organic. It feels like, like a like a clockwork, intricate clockwork model that someone's wound up. And all games are like that, but some games are good at hiding it. And to me, hit, hit this new Hitman, it, it, it's good. I enjoy it, but it feels like it just a it just feels quite mechanical. In right. some way, you can sort of see this. I can <clears throat> see the systems. I can see how they've placed characters it doesn't feel like an organic play space style i think ignoring the opportunity system is quite important there yeah well, i mean i think even without that like i completely agree with you andy it is a very clockwork mechanical artificial system yeah that's why i like it though like that, that's really what appeals to me about that series all the good ones in that have had that feeling where it's 
it's less this <coughs> storytelling experience. It yeah. is just like an intellectual puzzle that you're trying to. But some games are better at hiding their systems or integrating them in a way that you don't really notice that the. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but with Hitman, I feel like I can see the level designer mm. at work. You know, something like MGS Five, you can obviously figure out how you, how you do it. But like, um, the environment, the environment is just—it it has to feel like a place, I guess, and uh, it's much more of a challenge. But um, Honestly, there's still so me, much skill like, required that I think it's—it's yeah. it's totally a valid way to make a game. Still, you know, yeah. yeah. The, art- of- the artificiality of it yeah. is what I enjoy of that. Like, mm. I'm not looking for something that immerses me in like a, a storytelling yeah i think that's my adventure. issue I, I like a game that i don't really play games for challenge uh, so much or learning of systems uh, as much as just wanting to feel like i'm 47 in sapienza you know um so maybe maybe i but i just it's is just, this why you like absolution andy <laughs> is this what this have yeah. we finally got to the root of the I didn't, issue i didn't like absolution that much I did kind of defend it in the magazine, but only <laughs> some did. aspects of it. But um, and then we sent Phil in to dismantle your argument, and yeah. it was a. Uh, but it, I know it, I, I it do a great piece. I do love system systems based games. I mean, Deus Ex is my favorite game of all time. But um, just yeah, Hitman. There's just something about it. There's a bit of there's an artifice to it that I don't like, but for that reason, you like it. Yeah, so yeah, it's just absolutely. A, a, it strikes me that there's still so many ways to for things to play out, even though obviously some things like the source and the poison is quite telegraphed. Yeah. Like there's some nice little details, like. When I killed Caruso, um, his personal bodyguard, I, I saw him sort of pacing around, ranting to himself about how oh, I've lost another one, I've lost another client, <laughs> and he was like, oh, "Please come out, assassin! Please come out!" And I thought that was that was when I that was when it felt like he was a, a human character that I'd affected in a human way instead of just a routine clicking in his head and him doing a different yeah, thing. Yeah, they do they do a lot better at that than say in one of your previous Hitman games. Like once you take someone out, once once a routine has been upset, other characters will usually react to that, and they won't just because in any, any other game the guard would just continue on his patrol or whatever. Yeah, and it wouldn't matter that this guy who he has been employed to. Yeah, but here there was a genuine but, feeling of like yeah. So and and even like the way that my favorite new feature is how if you're trespassing, um, the guard will won't immediately go kill him it'll go you shouldn't be here man it'll you know? you out, so yeah. you can do that thing where if you want to scout out a room where you're not allowed in you can just wander in and feign ignorance like you know when you want to be nosy in real life and you just wander <laughs> just like, in somewhere and you're, in your head you're like i'm just gonna say i got lost yeah, yeah. i just wanted to look in there it's like you can do that it's just kind of a cool way of scouting ahead and it's cool how they lead you away and go come on sir follow me mm. and then they let you away with it and that's the little things like there are little elements like that that feel really organic but the the whole machine of the level just i can't quite believe in it that's interesting see i I made such a farce of killing Mm. caruso that i i really did sort of believe in it that you've got like uh the right level of player expression in this like um because i made a right faff of it basically uh so on the kind of like patio um behind where caruso's playing golf there's like a transistor radio you can turn that off and then it'll attract the guard's attention one guard's attention and there's another guard there but he's a bit further away so i turned this radio off um, the guard walked towards it. I ran into the shed next to the next to the radio on the patio and like grabbed like an oxygen or like an explosive canister, and I just lobbed it onto the golf course to try and, to try and get his attention. I had Silent no gun. assassin. I, I had no gun, and and then he kind of looked. He came over, looked at it, and then kind of walked off again. And I went, oh damn it! Um, so I basically just went back in the shed. I was dressed as a security guard. I went back in the shed loads of times. 
fetching different items to try and throw them and get him to like walk down at this right angle where I can get him by himself and just sort of knock him out. Did you not have any coins? No, I was out of coins, so I just had to use every tool in this shed. <laughs> and then um, ev- eventually, like uh, I got him, I got him to like kind of just get down from the golf course and into this little kind of like uh, area by the statue where I was sort of like circling. <clears throat> and then I just beat him up, knocked him out, and then all the guards obviously went after me. And I ran inside the shed, dressed up as a gardener. <coughs> ran out the other side and then whilst the guards were looking for me round the shed I popped onto the golf course dressed as a gardener and just snapped his neck <laughs> and then like that was it that was done and I thought that that's still that's still the sort of story that no one's as stupid as me in this game to 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 generate an anecdote like that and so the fact you can yeah. have those sort of like slightly farcical stories that's part of Hitman as well I think yeah the, mm. the, the bit about luring with the dropping the objects that is the kind of thing that makes me stop believing in it where it's that sort of farcical I love the fact that uh, any character will drop whatever they're doing, no matter how important, if they hear a coin <laughs> falling. And there's a brilliant video online, they might have patched this, but I hope not, because it's really funny, where um, there's a cyclist lying on the ground, writhing in pain, and if you throw a coin, he'll just stop writhing in pain, stand up, and just walk over to it completely well again. No, he still does that, because I, um, I, cause it, I love he, that. he's the guy at the start, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah who I killed. Um, and uh, when I opened fire at the delivery man in front of him, he stood up and walked off immediately. I thought, <laughs> yeah. well, not that badly injured, yeah. then, well, are you? you know, if someone starts opening fire next to you, you might make an attempt to escape. He was walking fine, Phil. But the, been but the coin, what about the coin? Was it like the a coin, magic healing coin? Yeah. But maybe it was an insurance scam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the way, yeah, you could explain it without that. But, like, it's something about the, something farcical. Every game has elements that are farcical when, when analysed. Yeah. But the, the fact that anyone the will just... you dress up a bold man as in that series. <laughs> yeah. But then just, like, I love the, the thing that a coin, no matter, even if it's a bodyguard protecting a VIP or whatever, it'll be like, nope, this VIP no longer matters. All that matters is the coin. Coin. Cannot resist. Maybe they're like enchanted under threat by the coin. We've yeah. got, to, got to check this out. They might be like enchanted coins, you know, magic ones that uh, consume people's minds. That's what no one's done yet. A fancy hitman. Yeah. God, that would really work. I with like the, magic. The stuff. one I really uh-huh. want, and I, this, I, this came up when I was making dumb captions for the review for the magazine because this is a thing that our job involves. Was how good would a hitman where like the object isn't to kill somebody, but just to sort of create pranks. Yeah, just, just really stupid pranks. Well, like Home Alone, yeah, like setting up elaborate traps and watching people blunder into them. Yeah, that. But yeah. It, it doesn't even need to be so that violent. It could just be just you've got this space and your job is to just disrupt it by being a dickhead. Yeah, and it could be various like mundane, like an office with full of cubicles. You have to go in there and cause some pranky mischief. Yeah, because the character models look real. It kind of makes it funnier. I um, I play that. That's mm. a nice idea. I was thinking that one level I'd like to see them do is like um. You know, like how they do Santa Monica Pier in GTA Five is like having some a target who's kind of going around like the fairground yeah. there. Like maybe you could um you could uh, sabotage a ride just as he goes on it to fly into the sea. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like you know, poison the candy floss like, or whatever. They don't yeah. have candy floss in America, but you know, <laughs> I think that'd be really cool though. Like uh, just sort of sunny climb. Yeah, and... that's a great idea for a level. I bet I bet like Io's got like a big master document of like public places they think would make it great. Mm. Yeah. Um, but Sapienza is a lot is, is if you in terms of a piece of world design, pretty amazing. They've caught that kind of uh, windy, um, sort of Narrow, ramshackle yeah. feel of like your old European cities really well, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Did you go in the ice cream shop? Yeah. They've got all the different flavors <laughs> yeah. in there. Um, yeah, every, honestly, every single flavor in there is different, and all the yeah. cakes are different as well. Like, the attention to detail is mm. great. I love the callback to the first level as well, where there's a clothes shop, and it's the brand from the fashion show. What's the brand called again? The... You know the clothes brand. Oh, I forgot. I want to say 
No, I can't. Yeah, but no. that's cool. That's a cool little link, bit of yeah. connective uh, tissue to go like here's the fashion, and it's his. It's closed as well. So I like the idea that you've killed the designer, and now the shop is is closed. That's cool. So if they keep doing that referential stuff, I'd like that. I might, like it's a, because between each mission there are these cutscenes that seem to be building towards something. So I imagine the number of interlinking references yeah. will start to make sense after a while. Yeah, because what starts to build into it was the designer man was up to something shady at the end of. Before he died, he, yeah, he was doing some and sort it of involved deal. the guy who called in the ICA for the second hit. Yeah, I, so I can't some... believe that you remember anything that happened <laughs> in that it's, story. It's, I don't know, it's all absolute tosh, <laughs> yeah, but my brain matter. is very good at retaining that kind <laughs> of... I don't know why they feel they need to have a connecting narrative. Like, just do separate levels, it just hits. Like, it's such a perfect structure yeah. for standalone stories... And there's no need to have this running conspiracy thing like running through it. It's unnecessary. Yeah, it's man, man gets paid to kill someone, does yeah. it? That that's is, it. That's, that's the story. all you need, really. There was yeah. a cutscene at the end that made no sense to me either. It just, I didn't. It's just a guy shoots another guy in, in a car, and I'm like, I, I feel nothing. Whatever you, know? you do is more interesting than, than any yeah. cutscene they could ever make. Yeah, it's so. just a waste of money, really. But, um, but, but what, yeah, hey ho. What I will say about Sapienza is, I find, I think the like third objective, which is destroying the virus, is actually quite weak. Yeah, I agree as, with that. Um, because the, the targets, as in many Hitman targets, there's a load of ways you can do it, um, both tied into these sort of special opportunities. Uh, you know, you can do some really weird stuff with, like, therapists and private eyes and stuff, not to get too spoilery. But um, that's all great. But then at the end of the level or the beginning or whatever, you've got to go into this secret research lab and destroy a thing. And it looks amazing. It look, yeah, it, it's really but. it's a really nice area, and it, it feels it feels sciency, which is yeah good for them. And it's just all seamlessly within that level as well, and it's really nicely done. But so far, I've only discovered like a couple of ways you can actually take out the virus. Yeah, it's really weak, yeah. and that just means okay, so you've got all the variety in this objective and in this objective. But if you replay it to sort of see which way those two objectives can go, you've always got to cap it off with, and then I did this thing, I did four or five, I mean, I've played the level about, I've finished the level six or seven times now, mm. and yay, I'm really getting bored of getting the hazmat suit and going into that place. Yeah, and like, I feel like the AI just lets it down there, because um, it's blindingly obvious who's done, who's destroyed the virus. Yeah. There's, one, <laughs> yes. there's one route into this thing, and then like one button that, that also destroys the thing. Those are your two options. And I will say, they never ever seem to figure out it's me. If at the even start, after I've, even if as I've strangled another guy in a hazmat suit, no if, one noticed. If you need a hint, if you haven't been like paying too much attention to the opportunities and you need a hint of something to do to make that slightly more interesting on a second or third playthrough, go to the church at the start of the game. Okay. I didn't even know there was a church there. Uh, Is yeah, it? Oh yeah, there's a church in yeah, there. There's a, there's <coughs> a, yeah, there's an opportunity in there um, where you can do some eavesdropping. Yeah. Some uh, sa- yeah, sacrilegious eavesdropping. Nice. Yeah. I, I, actually, I re- what I'm really glad about is how it hints, how the game manages to hint things to do on subsequent playthroughs within its level design and not just through like an opportunities menu because the reason I realised I had to go to the church was because in exploring the laboratory I found like a laptop that said, oh, there might be a way to destroy the virus via this, but you need a thing, and on a little clipboard next to it is just a post-it note that said, gone to church. It's like, <laughs> hmm, I should investigate I the church. I can't be sure, but <laughs> yeah, I think she might have gone to the church. 
Well, yeah. that's uh, yeah. I suppose that I don't know that, that's contrived, but it's Hitman. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, okay. yeah. Well, I, it's, it's, it's environmental story. If this was Dark Souls, people would be pla- praising it to high heavens. <laughs> well, this guy would. Because <laughs> Dark Souls is the best game ever made. I am. Um, I, I, You've become one of them. Andy. I can't <laughs> believe it. Do you guys see that gif doing the rounds this morning of uh, someone um, pretending to be a chair? in like yeah. a game invasion and then two players run past yeah. look over like a hole going oh where's the person gone chair turns into a player and just casts like a wind spell and pushes them down the <laughs> hole and they die instantly yeah that's see that is the fault of the invaders because it's so obvious that a chair isn't there at that part of the level because there's a thing called a white branch that you can use and that turns you into a random item from the level so it'll be something like if you're in a the uh, catacombs, it'll be like a gravestone or a pile of skulls. So the idea is that you you know you position yourself to look like part of the scenery. But he did it. He turned into a chair and went to a place where there are no chairs, <laughs> and yet they didn't fall for it. So it was quite quite a magnificent bit of white branching. It's amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I say actually one last point on Hitman. Like mm. um, the server stuff is still bullshit. Oh god, yeah. It's total bullshit. I've not had, I've not had a single issue with the online stuff. That's all. Devil's advocate. I had had 10 minutes as I was waiting to connect. I cancelled the connection, went to go offline, then tried to connect again. It connected instantly. And like, I've seen Tom Francis having loads of problems. uh, Yeah. um, Sometimes, what I found is there are certain configurations within the menu. Like, I've been able to repeat it. I don't, they might actually, they might have patched it since, but I was able to repeat it by going to one of the escalation missions and trying to choose an alternate starting location and safe house. And that would just trigger a disconnect and kick me to the menu. It's yeah. like, I'm already in menus. The broken DirectX 12 as well. I was actually getting a better frame rate with DirectX mm. 12 enabled, but since the Sapienza or the latest update, um, the game just doesn't load. You have to switch back to DirectX 11. So I'm having more performance issues now, actually. And like they seem to be quite random as well. When I was in that room with the piano, um, I was just getting really like stuttery frame rate, definitely below 30. There's a lot more geometry in Sapienza than the first level. And I think a game games should be consistent regardless of the amount of geometry. Like They should keep a consistent frame rate, whereas Hitman seems to be one of those games where when the level gets busy... It yeah, drops frames. It can be, yeah. What do you guys reckon then? Is it? Worth, do you think it's worth the seven quid? Oh, yeah, seven yeah. quid. What is the, do, for that seven quid? Do you get the first two? The, no, no, that, no, the seven quid is Sapienza. Oh, okay. oh yeah, seven quid. I mean, that's it's a good level. Like, I'm getting yeah. a lot out of it. Admittedly, yeah. I had to play it a lot for review, so that sometimes becomes a bit. Well, I haven't explored the town yet. I haven't been in that stone. Oh, tower yeah, you've thing. still got so much to do. Have you found the explosive golf ball in the? No, but I saw that as a thing when I was at the golf course. I was like, oh, how do you do that? And I thought, I can't be bothered. I don't want to go to bed, so I'm just going uh, yeah, to throw, throw, some, throw some tools at the I need to grass. go back and I need to kill the second target and find the lab. So it, one of the good things about this one is because, <clears throat> because, it's not, because it's a public space and there are private residences, it's not all just this one building. Hmm. That means... So the safe house system within Paris was just, oh, there's a drop. We've been able to smuggle something into this trailer or into this toilet. Whereas there's an actual safe house for 47 within within um, Sapienza. And that means there's a few extra details and how, how bonuses much, in there. How much have I not seen then? Like I've, so I've seen the ice cream sad. shop and I've saw the van and then I went inside. The safe house the is downstairs from the um, kitchen <coughs> assistant yes. house in the same block of flats as him. Interesting. Yeah, wow. you start you start the level with a key to it. But yeah, there's like if you actually explore the town and poke in rooms and that, there's loads to find. It's plenty really of contracts potential then. Mm. Wow, good stuff. All right then, cool. Well, I'm I'm very much enjoying the uh, the kind of like uh, weird sort of um, episodic structure they've got for this game. I think it's proven to be quite a good match so far. Yeah. Hopefully, the next level will be even yeah, better. Yeah, by the sounds of it, um, is it 
Morocco next or Marrakesh or it's somewhere. It begins with an M, I think. Yeah, and that's yeah. all I can tell you right now. <laughs> yeah, and there's like seven in total. So um, yeah, I think if you pay forty quid, so far it seems like it's going to end up being reasonably good value. Uh, but yeah. Okay, cool. So the next game we're going to talk about today is uh, Stellaris, mm. which you've been playing, Phil. Yeah. Paradox's grand strategy game set in space. Sci-fi stuff, really in-depth. What can you tell us about Yeah, um, so Stellaris is from Paradox's internal development studio, who you might know from making some of the most in-depth and complicated and obtuse grand strategies around. Um, so there's Crusader, King, uh, Crusader Kings 2, which is probably one of their easiest to get into, but still requires that you know about feudalism and medieval politics and diplomatic relations within that era, which is, you know, that's, that's not light reading before you start just playing the game for a bit. Yeah. Um, but for Stellaris... Um, they've taken things to space hmm. and the future, and there's no medieval politics in the future, so they've been able to just kind of go with it, and I'd say this is probably, like, in terms of picking up the systems and learning what to do, it's one of the easiest games they've made, because while it still has these grand strategy elements and there's a lot of focus on diplomacy and managing relations between different space empires... Um, it's also very much like a 4X game, and part of that means, you know, there's there's that sort of early game research and grab for systems and just expand, expanding out and exploring. I mean, much of the first part of the game is just getting some science ships and just sending them out outside of your empire's boundaries just to find artifacts and new planets. Mm. That's quite cool. Uh, it's sort of real sense of discovery and not knowing what's out there because parts of it are randomised each time. So you, you'll, even if you're playing humans, and if you play as the humans, you start on Sol, and you, your home planet is Earth, and you'll be near Alpha Centauri and, you know, that sort of thing. You'll still be in a randomised place in the galaxy with aliens that are generated from this quite complex uh, random generation system. So that's really great, just sort of discovering things out. And then as you expand your empires and build technology and grab things, then it becomes a sort of slower, more more diplomatic-based thing. Mm. But what I'm really enjoying about it is uh, it's, unlike a lot of 4X games, it's not turn-based. It uses Paradox's uh, sort of real-time with pause um, you can pause whenever you want, you can speed up time, and it all sort of flows like that, very naturalistically. But that's great for a 4X game, because there are times when it's just, okay, what I need to do now is I need to build up a shitload of stations and buildings, really sort my economy out. And that's really dull. If you're, if you're doing it, click turn, you've got to wait for everyone to do their thing, click next turn, wait for everyone to do their thing. Like, it's, it's a problem you get in with something like Galactic Civilizations, or even Civilization Five, where... You're in the resource phase, and you've just got to click end turn button over and over again while things happen. Here, you just pop it up to fast or fastest, watch time zoom by, and plan what you're going to do next. Oh, good stuff. It's good time. That's cool. So you think if uh, you think for someone like me who doesn't really play much grand strategy, this is probably the best place to start? Yeah, um, this is probably the easiest kind of bridge between just a standard 4X and the kind of Europa Universalis, ridiculously complex... I mean, there are. It seems the things they've brought over from their previous games are quite smartly done. Um, 
for instance, like, so military conflict, the way that works is you, don't, you can't just attack somebody, really. And you can't just say, oh, I'm going to wipe out your entire empire. You pick, say, um, say there's a planet near you that you want and they own. You pick, when you declare war, this war is to get that planet. And that will provide a war score. Um, it's, I think it's out of 100. So if it's one planet, it'll probably be quite low, 25. And that means you just need to do X amount of damage before they'll consider just conceding and being defeated. Hmm. Whereas if you pick, okay, I want to vassalize your entire empire and you will be ruled by me, that might be a much higher thing and they'll sort of fight tooth and nail to the death um, to stop it from happening. But it does mean, like, if you just want a planet and you're like, oh, look, that's nearer to me than it is to you, it's going to be a lot of effort for you to get to it, it's going to be very easy for me to get to it, you go in and invade and they're just like, oh, fine, you, are, you have it. And they don't hate you after that, like, you'll take a massive relationship loss with them, but that decays over time. So it's, it, there's, there's quite this naturalistic diplomatic relations element to it that is quite nice to, to have within this context. Because I think it can be a lot more binary in 4X games sometimes. You know, you're at war and they, they you know, uh, you, there's, there's a militaristic empire and all they want to do is conquer. That tends to be how sort of space, um, space races are formed. It's like, oh, these are the guys who only ever do war and they'll never ally with you or anything. Mm. And if you encounter them, you're just going to have to fight them. And that's not really the case here. Okay. So, um, yeah, there are lots of clever little touches like that. Yeah, interesting. Okay, cool. Uh, do you think that like um, it won't feel simplified for people who love um, CK2 or Europe, EU4? Um, that's difficult to say because I can't get into the mindset of those people because I'm very glad that I don't need a history degree to play this. Obviously, the people who um, love those games really love them, though, don't they? Yeah, and I, I'm not sure if there's quite as much complexity. Like e Even things like... Um, the ship designer seems quite accessible and it's, it's always quite obvious which parts will um, which parts are more uh, are better than other parts so you, so you you pick these modules from different ship classes hmm. and put in torpedoes or lasers and all the information is there and up front I, like, like that's it's it's actually weird to say, okay, this is accessible in terms of it being simplified, because I don't think that's entirely the case. Right. I think one of Paradox's major problems in the past is their games are never quite as complicated as they look. It's just they've been very bad at making the information up front, and things will be buried within two or three sub-menus when they don't really need to be, and here a lot of stuff has been brought up, so it's only a click away. Hmm. It's quite easy to access information that you need, and I think that's... I mean, Yes, it's not quite as systemically complicated, but uh, more than that, it's just a case of it's quite easy to see what you're doing and use that to make a plan that you want to do. Um, there are still things I'm not entirely sure of, like uh, one of the big changes they've made to the general 4X structure is with research and science. Um, generally, you, you know, you'd have a tech tree and you'd build out in whichever direction you want. Here, you assign scientists to three branches, which are like um, biology, uh, industry or engineering and um, physics mm. and each scientist has their own traits and those traits kind of affect what sort of things they're more likely to be able to research so when you complete some research you're given them three options and they're sort of randomly picked and sometimes those are like rare um, you know, like, like you, you might jump up what there is a kind of tech tree to an extent but it's all very you know you can't see it and you can't really see what the branches are 
But if something appears like in a purple, shiny colour, that means it's rare and it'll actually give you a big technology advantage in that sector, although it will take a long time to research. But it also means that sometimes you're waiting on things. So the other, uh, I was in a multiplayer session um, that Paradox held earlier in the week, and one of the big problems I found during that playthrough was that I had all these advanced weapons, these advanced missiles, whatever, but I just wasn't, in, in the three things that I was given, I just wasn't being given the better power source for ships, so I couldn't actually power any of the weapons that I was being given. Like, I couldn't equip them because there wasn't enough power modules in the world. That's to, depressing. Yeah, I so <laughs> just needed to, to wait for that research to come in, and that's quite frustrating. Yeah. Uh, and it's possible I could have mitigated that by finding the right... The, like, the, the physicist who is more likely to get power sources as his own research things, but that information is less transparent. Yeah. So I have... At this point, I have no idea... What, who I'd need to assign to what to get that sort of thing. Okay, interesting. That well, sounds like there's still quite a lot to crack then. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but the that sort of uh, some of that is kind of the the sort of advanced tactics that you'll, you'll you'll need to learn once you've played it for a while and you want to sort of min max it and do really efficiently. Like just going in and mucking about and figuring it out as I go, I might have been fine and you know had some had some good fun times in space okay cool well i'll definitely give it a go when it comes out because uh, the whole sci-fi element does uh, it's worth <clears> does like, intrigue me it's it's probably the first paradox game i'd say don't let the reputation of their games put you off I, it, the reputation of those games doesn't put me off it's just the amount of time i have relative to the end of my life like um, okay and it's just and the amount of games i have in my steam life i mean that's going to be a problem with any strategy game because i don't think there, there are any strategy games that you can crack within well no, uh, no 4X strategy games, Phil. But um, when it comes to real-time strategy, I have Segway. Of course. I've uh, been playing uh, something a little bit more accessible on that front, actually. Oh, that was good. That was it, was, it was about 7 out of 10, I think. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've been playing Ashes of, uh, Ashes of the Singularity on PC. Uh, which, uh, on PC? Of course it's on PC. It's a PC game podcast. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, I gave this a go because uh, I'd seen a tech demo of it at GDC last year. And it was uh, it's published by Stardock Games. And uh, I think Oxide Games... Uh, the developer and they work i think some of them worked on since the solar empire okay yeah and so i think on some level it's like meant to be a direct x12 demo uh like a you know like a tech demo um just to show how many hundreds of units you can have on screen at once but they've made it into a, a full game and it's a bit like a blend of a simpler supreme commander 2 with dawn of war i think that's probably the fairest way of putting it okay um you have hunt. You can control hundreds of units at any one time. Like um, I, I don't know what the unit cap is, but I read one reviewer had like three thousand units. Right. And so it's a lot. It's a lot to manage, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But um, in terms of how it works, the idea is that you basically hotkey select groups of units and within uh, or you know select uh, kind of like groups of yeah groups of units, and then within that you'll have a whole bunch of different specialties who are better suited for you know charging a base or dismantling like aircraft or whatever. <clears throat> And instead of controlling uh, who enemies attack, there are there's a, kind of a specific set of rules for what units will do what. So a smaller tanks might defend like a bigger frigate, things like that. And those rules are set. So no matter what units you're sending in, you'll know at each time this single attack this thing because that's the kind of that's the rule of the game. So I guess it's a little bit like chess in that regard. Like you know what kills what and and so on. Okay. But um, yeah, so it means it's not exactly like something like Supreme Commander Two. But um, I'll be honest, I mainly played it because I wanted to see loads and loads of tiny tanks and airplanes fuck each other up, and it does offer that, and it, it looks it looks wonderful while it's doing it. Some gorgeous explosions, and 
the screenshots and footage they've shown of it. It looks kind of like bull shots, but <coughs> excuse me, they're not. It actually oh. looks that good. Like um, I just had it running on the uh, my work PC with the 970. I came into work early just to see lots of tanks and stuff blow each other up, and um, it looks amazing. Like it's a really 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 gorgeous looking game um i just don't know if there's that much substance to it it's a little bit like dawn of war in terms of you've got to kind of capture points on the map and the more you accumulate the more resources right, you get okay. that's a bit dawn of war-ish i think and um yeah the, the main problem it has is that i don't think there's a lot to it in terms of like um kind of research trees or anything like that the units you start with are basically the units you'll always have and it, that seems to be the case anyway and while they're going to uh, build add some more units to dlc like it's it's doesn't feel like there's a, a lot of different ways to play it necessarily if you're playing on your own anyway if you're playing with human players perhaps not but um in terms of a skirmish mode like it if it, it felt a little bit like i'd seen a lot of it in one playthrough how much sort of pissing about is there with different units and micromanagement and that kind of well like i say because the um because there are there are uh, rules for what units will attack what you don't really piss about much at all mm. you are essentially accumulating armies it's more in the choice of the units you put in there is it like big death ball construct this big death ball and just send it at a thing and hope that the explosions are cool i'll be honest i have said this thing about how you need to have all these units to defeat certain things and see what works i had none of that because i went the ai down to low yeah. added loads of ai players <laughs> And then just yeah, just got like six hundred uh, units, and then just sent them to each base, wiping them out because I wanted to see some death. The basically, the command and conquer. conquer yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was basically trying to uh, capture that experience. But I like that you can have that experience, mm. uh, and you can see lots of cool shit doing it. And um, uh, on that level alone, I think it's worth playing. But I, I don't know if I necessarily want to pay full price to play that right now. Like, it's the sort of thing based on like Galsiv Three and how Starlock tends to do these games, like. With a load of different expansions and kind of other systems layered on top, that might yeah. be cool. It's also slightly mobery in terms of like um, you have these sort of debuffs and stuff that you can—they're orbital weapons. Okay. But they're things like you can drop a EMP bomb to disable their shield for like ten seconds or something, then send units in oh. powering it. Except you don't have hero units, obviously. But yeah. that stuff felt like they felt like character abilities to me. You kind of research them and level them up. And uh, yeah, it's it's not actually like a bad year for RTS games, uh, all said and like. Um, if you really, if if you were happy enough with just a spectacle and, and having a kind of command and conquer style wipe everything out sort of experience, and I, I think Ashes Ashes mm. of the Singularity does offer that. Yeah, yeah. The story is terrible in it though, um, as as it was always going to be. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 good fun for sure. Yeah, it's not been that bad year for like RTS and strategy. Was it Offworld Trading Company's just come out as well? Yeah, which um, I played a bit of in early access, and that's pretty cool. Very obviously. When I was playing it in early access, it was a game played almost entirely in the sidebar. Yeah, like that there was all of this planet stuff happening, but all you really needed to look at is which direction numbers were going. Right, because it is a purely economics focused sort of thing, it's and there's some sabotage within that, and kind of uh, you know a, a few kind of cheeky things you can do, but mostly it's like playing the stock market but on Mars. It's amazing they've managed to make that exciting though because that in principle should not be as exciting. I wasn't entirely sure they had made it exciting at the time to be honest. Well, we gave it 88% this okay, week. Okay, so well uh, let... Matt Elliott clearly thinks it is exciting. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's getting reviewed well uh, generally so I think it has got a, uh, it's got a good response. Yeah, but, I'd um, be interested to go back to it and see what they have added and how they've sort of tightened it up and stuff. Yeah. I don't know if I've got the right mindset for a proper strategy game. Perhaps I just like to see lots of tiny things blow each other up. Um, 
um, what I'll do is I'll, uh, I'll I'll do another skirmish, and when there's some cool stuff going on, I'll grab you guys. You can come look at my screen and, mm. and see it all pan, yeah, pan out. The worst thing about it actually is that the uh, the <clears> environments <throat> are all plain and just grass fields and stuff, oh, and it feels true. like they've made no effort with that. Um, so it misses out on a bit of world building from that. But um, but yeah, never mind. Have you got any particular interest in strategy games there, Andy? Nah, mm. not is really. that why you're on Twitter right now? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. No, not really. They're just it's okay. the time. We'll thing. go back to your dank memes. Then, yeah, you know. it's the time. Um, the with four X ones, it's the idea that you can sink. Remember, I feel like I said this in another podcast that you can sink hours into a game and still lose. I just don't. Well, that's why you turn the AI that. down to really easy, like I do. I don't yeah. like losing, so I don't play XCOM too. But then, but then <laughs> I've done that. But then I feel like I'm not playing the game properly, I so I just don't bother. Oh man, it sounds like your mind is your greatest opponent. Yeah, I think yeah, there is something to be said for these kind of. Oh, I don't want to say wasted, but the, the very sort of languid weekend gaming experiences where you just sort of sit at a computer and you click buttons a few times and you just sort of let let the world pass you by, whereas you strategize for about five hours yeah i'm not yeah, it really matters i'm not sure i can really handle that either actually no. i think i think victory uh, like at, at some cost but not a massive cost is like my preferred strategy experience but i realize that's not for everyone yeah. playing something like invisible ink or xcom 2 and they clearly don't want you to have that in the first go but hey, um yeah the actually i've not finished <laughs> I've not got to the end of my current Stellaris campaign. Uh, we're recording this a few days before the review. I'm hoping to sort of get there at the weekend and see how the end game plays out. Mm. Um, but I do worry about the victory dish conditions a little because normally there's the kind of cop-out endings within a 4X where it's like, oh, you did enough science, so you're just the best. In, you've, you've evolved. You've become the, the space baby. Or, or every uh, Civ victory condition except for the military one. Yeah, it's just like, oh, you culture's great have, have yourself a victory yeah oh well, wow you built you built the west end well I, guess, I guess you're in space now good good for you one yeah. thing i don't like about 4x games and some strategy games is they feel very computer generated like when you play a game of civ it's playing out based on some seeds that the developers have planted whereas i prefer a more crafted game and I think that's why I liked Endless Legend more than some 4X games because yeah, there was a, had, had a bit of storyline and, through it, yeah. and some kind of... Yeah, so it felt a little bit more authored, but I think that's another reason I bounce off those games because I, I know that it's an unfeeling machine is creating the grid and the, the behaviour of the other uh, players and stuff. It just doesn't feel as as authored as as the games I like. Hmm. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, Stellaris is very much within the kind of just look, conquer the galaxy. You can do it by military or you can do it by alliances, but you know, you you, you would better turn the majority of this map your colour, otherwise you might as well just go the fuck home. Okay, well, okay. That I mean, when you put it like that, um, I might have to read your review, Phil, and make up my mind about yeah, that. Um, I, like, for things like Crusader Kings 2, it's never been that bad because those are soap operas that are sort of about the story that you create as you go through them and it's who betrays you and what happens and you know, it's in the same way that you know people don't get worked up about losing something like Dwarf Fortress because they've had they've generated this little story for themselves that's how things like Crusader Kings 2 work where it's like all right you might you you might horribly lose after a hundred years in game time but if you did it because an inbred uncle murdered you in your sleep and etc etc 
then yeah, you feel like you've got something out of that. I don't know how much of the same drama there is in space because it's less character-based. It's more like the Europa Universalis Empire diplomacy. The characters are very much just scientists and um, like specific governors and generals, and they don't have that much personality to them. Right. Sometimes you'll get a thing saying, oh, uh, congratulations, this person has leveled up and learnt substance abuse. And it's like, oh, cool, their lifespan's been decreased 25 years. <laughs> that's, and that's all that means. It's, it's, there's, no, there's no narrative attached to that. It's just a, a debuff applied to them well not to an unfeeling bastard like you phil you know, <laughs> to, to some people substance abuse is a serious issue you know that's oh are we gonna have to put a thing at the end of the show <laughs> if you've been affected by any of the issues in today's podcast you can go swivel i don't know <laughs> now who's the unfeeling bastard no, I, I, I am i am only joking obviously it's a, it's a serious issue okay moving on from that um yeah. we're, we're, this is the end of part one and we'll be back in part two with some reader questions and a question that i've asked To the podcast. I'm here with Phil Drill Savage and Andy Meme Lord Kelly. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Got some, got some, <laughs> I've got some really questions coming up, but first of all, um, I want to bother uh, my writers every week with uh, a kind of question that I've come up with, just to generate a bit of discussion and uh, have something else in the podcast other than just things we've been playing. Um, so I want you guys to tell me what your three most anticipated games uh, of, of 2016 and the future are that have been announced. Um, what are you guys excited about in the next year or so? Mine are all out next month. Oh, wow. It's going to be a good month for you. Yeah. Should we go around and do sort of Home Front, the Revolution. That's how I only listen So, yeah, I'll go for him, shall I? Yeah, go for it. Um, Sherlock Holmes, Devil's Daughter. Oh, that's such an Andy Kelly choice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sherlock Holmes, Crimes and Punishments, which was the last one by Frogwares, is legitimately one of the best adventure games and maybe the best detective game I've played on PC. Um it gives you a good amount of like autonomy to actually do a bit of detecting. You know, it's got this interesting mind map thing where you gather your clues and you make connections by literally connecting synapses in Sherlock's brain. Um, it looks it looked amazing. It really had a great atmosphere. It had the sort of it felt like one of those old ITV you know police procedurals like Poirot or something. It had that kind of really British feel to it. Um, so they did a new one. Um, so I'm just automatically up for another can, one. You can fail within like the the newer ones, can't you? You can. I you, think. Can you finger the wrong person? Yeah, Excuse you know my what? Language. I, I, <laughs> yeah. You know what? I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't recall filling any of the cases. I think you can. You can miss things that will reveal something more about the crime. Okay. I think. Um, but this one is going to have a bit more open world stuff. So you're going to be walking around the cobbled streets of London. Um, so that's cool. Um, there was a, they were quite big and open the levels in um, Crimes and Punishments, but apparently they're going for more. Um, my only concern is that they redesigned Sh- uh, Holmes and Watson, and they look like jerks. <laughs> they <laughs> like, do look a bit like yeah, the fancy pants guitar players in California or something. Yeah, like, like sort of steampunk cosplayers or something. They've just they've just they've lost. I mean, it should be Watson in a bowler hat and Sherlock in a sort of cravat. It should be just classic, but for some reason they've tried to make it a bit sexier. It's like, yeah. So I, But apart from that, the 
it's, it's surprising how good the last one looked, considering they're a relatively small team. Like. Yeah, it sort of looked like, uh, you know, in the realms of Ali Noir in terms of, like, detail. Obviously, just it's a lot smaller, but um, in yeah. terms of place to yeah, there's be, a, but, yeah, there's a brilliant case that was set across a bunch of train stations in the northeast of England, and it was, like, genuinely captured that small-town England feel in a similar way that everybody's gone to the Rapture did. I think that... Sherlock and Rapture have captured the essence of rural England better oh than God. any other I mean, game. County Durham. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's cool. That's interesting to me because you know I've been in New York a million times. I want to go to the Midlands. Maybe we, or maybe we should actually I've, play I've these been games. To the Midlands. I'm from the Midlands. Don't go to the Midlands. <laughs> Don't go back. Can't go back. Um, yeah, uh, maybe uh, maybe I should play one of these games. Then the yeah, last play, one seems like the right one. Yeah, mm. the one the ones before it aren't great. Crimes and Punishments was the first one where they really made something that is. <laughs> I just remembered it was called Crimes. Yeah, and it's punishments. such a stupid name. <laughs> it's a really bad name they, they made some serious bunts from that one i assume is, they're gonna be yeah uh, it came out ones. consoles as well and uh, it reviewed well i reviewed it for us i shouldn't give it 87 or something i thought it was brilliant like, i'm surprised they didn't call the new one senses and sensibilities <laughs> <coughs> very good um the other one Police actually, <laughs> that's out on the 10th of june i'm looking at a wiki page here <laughs> games coming out in june cool so yeah 10th of june then on the 21st of june uh 11 days later um, is <laughs> just blood, when you've recovered yeah. from <laughs> bit of math, math stuff here. Um, <laughs> no Man's Sky's out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's finally coming out. It feels weird that it's it's just coming out after all that, all that hoo ha of which we contributed to. to. Just take you behind the curtain now. Me and Sam are both trying to wiki up a list of games. <laughs> <coming out. laughs> um, like, so oh, yeah, yeah, No Man's Sky. I mean, you know, you, you know, I've talked about it twice already in this podcast. You know, you know the deal. Um, I've manage my expectations for it people have really? created people have made a game in their head that they think it's going to be and they're going to be disappointed because they're projecting their, their own desires based on nothing onto it it's going to be like elite it's going to be a big in-depth trading space sim but no it's not it's just a game about exploring a lot of wankers are going to be coming out of the woodwork for this one going yep. this isn't what i i imagined yeah. in my brain well, there's nothing to do in it there's nothing to do what apart from an end boundless universe to explore but anyway um i'm already getting annoyed at people at made up people having opinions i've <laughs> made up. up about a game that's not out yet wow that sounds like that's, un- uh, that's unhealthy no well i've that's, I've, what, that's what the internet does to you <laughs> well i'm i'm sort of like 50 50 with uh, no man's sky like um i I've, i i believe that i'll have some pleasant experience wandering around those planets however I have no expectations for all those other elements because I don't know how good they are at making a shooting system yeah. or like driving a spaceship. All these things yeah. are unproven to me. You know? Well, all those bits seem one that impressive, really. Like the parts on the own, like the flying was very simple, the shooting was quite basic, but um, you know, more than the sum of its parts, I as st- they say. It's still made by like kind of thirteen, fourteen people. Like yeah. uh, ultimately, like people will be judging it like Dice has made it or something. Yeah. Mm. So um, there's going to be a lot of people's expectations have gone wild, and there's going to be a lot of disappointment. But I, I, I know I'm going to have a great time just just flying around. I just like I, I like games when not much happens and you just explore somewhere amazing, and that seems to be what this is. But you're exploring eighteen quintillion amazing places. Well, actually, some of them will be rubbish. That's the that's the fun of it, isn't it? Like yeah. seeing a little point of light in the distance and going, "What's there?" And you get there, and it's just rock and gas, or it's some amazing world beyond your imaginings. Yeah, it's gonna be one of those things. So whether it disappoints or not, it'll just you'll just need to play it. I think just yeah. to, you just need to see what it's all about. You know. Yeah. Um, and what's your third game, Andy? Actually, when's that out? That's out June twenty first. Yeah, I already yeah. said that. Uh, and June twenty eighth. Seven days later. 
I can't Matt. believe I cannot believe this one. I can't believe this one. <laughs> go on, go on. You're, you're furious, aren't you? Lego no, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. I, I, I'm legit excited about this. The trailer is one of the most exciting things I've ever seen. I, I this isn't the same. Are you are you punking well, me, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I love Star Wars and I love The Force Awakens. It's um, you know, it's like my second favorite Star Wars film. I absolutely love it. I've watched it like five times since we watched it at three AM in a cinema in Bath that time. Yeah, that was, um, uh, yeah, good time. Yeah, so I'm, 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 I've gone mad for Star Wars again, and the uh, the trailer just made it look like it had that kind of it amplified the film's sense of fun and adventure by giving it that uh, comedy Lego twist. And I love what they've done visually with it, where it still has the simplicity of looking like. Lego blocks, because you know they are by design simplistic, but they've got really realistic lighting and effects on it. And I think that marriage of simplistic geometry and realistic lighting always works for me. Like I love when games do that. So it just looks it just looks really tactile, and like you can imagine the little plastic models brought to life. It's just something about it looks very appealing to me. It, and it it's gonna fill it's gonna fill in the blanks of the film. So you're gonna see. Um, you get to play as Max von Sydow's character. Do you? La von, La von Tecker. Well, voiced it? by him. I, um, think, I think it's Jin Rod Dongmax he plays. Jin Rod Dongmax. What's his name the again? Third. I brought it up to try and make it seem like I know things. Right. <laughs> I think people know La San Tecker, as you know, is the guy who at the start of the film, the mysterious guy who gives Paul the the USB flash drive with um, with Luke's address on it. <laughs> then gets killed by Kylo Ren. Yeah. Even, yeah. Though, like, even though he's a really good character actor, and why would you get rid yeah, of him at this such early a small point part. in the film? But, um, oh, well. well, he's in Game of Thrones now, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you play as him, and you get it sort of you, you play out events running up to Force Awakens and stuff that happened between the scenes. Are they canon? Well, that, I don't know. Is this is this, is this where we find out that Poe Dameron is gay yeah. by the medium of Lego? Is this going to set Tumblr on fire? Right? Yeah, that's the he's Tumblr been, doesn't need any encouragement. Yeah. To, he's yeah, been he's been shipped. At the shipping will will fan the flames of the Poe shipping, probably. Okay. For, yeah, yeah. But I I don't know if it's canon. I don't care. I just want to spend more time in that universe. I want to play as a little Lego Finn. I want to run around Jakku and do fun Star Wars things. Well, look, I mean, I, 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 I did buy um, Poe Dameron's X-Wing in Lego form. Um, but my, my thing is, I guess, I've played quite a lot of Lego games in the last few years, and I've got to the point now where I know the ones they phone in and the, the ones they don't phone in. Yeah. This one, they'll do proper, a proper job. Yeah, yeah, the Star Wars ones have always been pretty well received. That's the last one I played properly, actually, was Lego Star Wars Original Saga or whatever. And no, that was a good one. Though. That was a long, long time ago. Mm. So I, a lot of people will be burned out on Lego games, but I've purposefully... Sort of avoided them until there was one I really wanted to play. Um, I heard Lego City on the cover was good, but I never did play that. But that is good fun, actually. It's yeah. like um, kid friendly GTA, but they left it on Wii U, <laughs> yeah, so no yeah. one will ever play yeah. it. I never played the Lord of the Rings one, and someone was saying to me that like it's it's like open world, like you can walk across yeah. Middle you, Earth. You can, but it's not that dramatic. Yeah, it doesn't, you, look, it doesn't walk, look that good. But you can walk from the Shire to Rivendell in about thirty seconds. Yeah, <laughs> like you, know, <laughs> you can still it takes do it though. Drama out of it. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm weirdly excited about that, and and it's it, I just love the visual style. Like um, they've they've done something with the Lego games to make them look a bit different, which is this fusion of realism and and tiny plastic men, and I just Jeez. I can't wait. <clears throat> well, I, I guess I'll make sure that you get the review then, Andy. Yeah. Um, Cool. All right, Phil, what's uh, on your list now that you've scrolled through Wikipedia? <laughs> now I've got myself some knowledge. Um, we'll start with the boring <laughs> obvious one, which is Dishonored 2. Um, I think it's weird, like, 
Mankind Divided out this year as well, isn't it? Yeah, August. Yeah, uh, so Dishonored 2 is actually quite late. Uh, but I think between the two of them, I am slightly more excited for Dishonored. Um, because it's got that same sense of freeform, immersive sim kind of mucking about and a varied approach to doing stuff. But is in a world I think I'm more interested in than Deus Ex's. Like Deus Ex's world is just as cyborgs and things are sad. Whereas Dishonored is weird and it looks cool. And <laughs> there are whale carcasses and that's neat, I guess. Um, and yeah, by having... Because within Dishonored 2 you'll be able to play as Emily this time as well. Uh, and that's just going to be a completely new set of powers that will be quite nice to be able to see with you just just how different each one plays. Yeah. But these are always the sort of games where you think, oh, I'm going to do a stealthy play, or I think I'm going to do a stealthy playthrough, and then I'll go through and I'll do it really violently or something. I'll play it again in a completely different way, and I've never done that with any one of them ever. That's hmm. not happened. But maybe this time I actually will, like, maybe having a completely different set of powers and it sounds like there might be uh, like like based on some some stuff Game Informer was going on about it sounds like there might be some sli- slightly different objectives or whatever so it might vary in certain ways yeah uh, that might be enough to pull me back and just experience this world in, in two different ways and just something like having different maneuverability powers will change the level design uh, it means you need a, a slightly more clever level design it's like how Sega made Sonic and Knuckles <laughs> You've got one route for Sonic, but then you need another route for Knuckles, and you're like, "Oh, that's a level bit is, of level I couldn't even get to." Knuckles, I don't know that. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, <clears throat> you can, Sonic Three and Knuckles. You can find new routes within Sonic 3's levels as Knuckles. It's it's but, mad. How yeah, did they do it? They're geniuses. Well, small, this counts because these are now on PC via. <laughs> yeah, you can buy this all on PC. Smaller side of that, actually. Like I, I bought it last Friday on payday because I had clearly had too much money burning a uh, hole in my pocket and. Um, yeah, I spent sixteen pounds and got all of these Sega games, and doesn't even control uh, support my three sixty controller. Yeah, and it doesn't. Uh, there's a bug with the Xbox One controller where the left stick is constantly pulling left. So I just and but <laughs> oh I, I actually I bought it in a sale. Um, yeah, same. Yeah, same here. Ages and ages ago, oh, like right. for like uh, two quid or something like. And but then they updated it with all this new front room stuff, and I thought oh, I'm going to go back to it, which and is then, nice that front room interface. Yeah. yeah. Well, I could, I couldn't move the stick around in it because <laughs> it was just pinned to the left. Yeah. And there's, and there's and a all fix. Sonic levels are going right. Yeah. If it was stuck yeah. to the right, you'd probably It'd be, be okay. fine. Yeah. <laughs> but like just an endless runner. Into an auto runner. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that's if you've if you've got say whatever Sega Mega Drive classics and you've got an Xbox One pad, there's a lot of annoying workarounds to make it work. And it just yeah, it's like with your 360. No, it pad. doesn't work with the 360 pad. No, and like uh, I just think if you've got to do better than the Mega Drive emulator does, yeah, yeah. or like the Sonic Mega Collection on PS2 does, you've just got to beat that, you know. Mm. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll fix that, and they seem to be aware of the problem. But it's like. I was that, I thought it was a slam dunk sort of day one purchase and it's yeah. like it doesn't work so I requested a refund which is the first time I've ever done that actually. Um, oh, that's that's interesting actually. So I've totally busted into your yeah, thing go here. For it. Have you ever refunded a game? No. Oh, so I so just me and Sam have. Wait, I re- what did you? I refund. I've actually refunded a, a couple, but um, I'll just say one. The first one, which was Final Fantasy Thirteen. Yeah. Really? Um, because there was a not uh, a really actually no there there's a really annoying bug where um, whenever a prompt came up a text prompt to like save or whatever the controller would disconnect so i had to plug re-plug the controller in every time a message what? popped up and i just went that's a sign that this is yeah. a bad a terrible port and so i, I got refunded i know you gave it a booting based on its 
port. Yeah. And, I, and other things, I'm sure, sure. It's Final Fantasy 13. There are, there are incredible amounts I, of issues there. I think I knocked about 20% off of it because the port yeah. was really bad. Mm. Like, and I just thought, this is not worth it. It shouldn't it shouldn't be better to buy a PS3 and just play it on there. It's a PC, yeah. for God's sake. But hey-ho. Yeah. Sorry, Phil. Sorry, Phil. Interrupted <laughs> you in the middle Where of the Where was it? Sonic and Knuckles, uh, by Dishonored way of two, Dishonored yeah. 2. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what a ta- that was an amazing tangent. It was. A series yeah. of tangents. Um... Picking up my train of thought effortlessly, I am looking forward to Dishonored 2, the video game. That's fair enough. When's What's it out? I, November. November. I'll find out when. <laughs> it, is, it, it is November. I just looked. No, but what day? 11th. Actually, it might be October. Anyway. It is November. What's, um, I also just looked. What's, uh, what else is on your list then, Phil? Uh, so also on my list is um, Mafia 3, I think. November 11th. Does I said that. I said 11th. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Come on. I was so determined to, to sure. be the one. Yeah, Mafia. Yeah. Yeah, Mafia, Mafia 3. 3. Um, it's a lot like Sonic and Knuckles, really. I mean, <laughs> is it? If you is think it? about it, it's pretty much the same thing. I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's a way to connect them. <laughs> Maybe it's like Sonic 2. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Mafia, um, it's made by a completely dif- different developer. This it one, is made oh, by is a it? different developer, and that's mm, that, that sort of pause for thought. A uh, new developer, headed who? up by Hayden Blackman, who worked on The Force Unleashed. Uh, yeah. The fo- oh. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... Based on what I saw at Gamescom, it is uh, an incredibly stylish open world. Um, what worries me a little, I think, is it sounds like they've they've taken on board complaints that there isn't much to do within Mafia's open world or Mafia or Mafia Two's open world. That they're right. they're they're really just settings for this one narrative story, but. That was perfect for Mafia. Like yeah. people was, really use that as a stick to beat Mafia Two with. Didn't yeah, they? they really did. But like, they didn't need to be anything to do. It could get I me mean, a linear campaign. Like, what was great about that is this feeling of place that it gave you. Yeah, it's not and, an open world game, Mafia. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a, not, yeah, it, it, the the open world, like the fact that it has an open world driving in this city, is just to create this sort of atmosphere and sense of place. Yeah, and not so it can be filled with. Fifty fucking feathers that you go and climb and get. Like, um, like uh, Eleanor has the same yeah. thing, you know. Like Eleanor you don't, has you very don't need all that. It's a, it's a period piece. And that's it's reinforcing that. Mm. And like, uh, yeah, and some of the DLC for um, Mafia Two does add that stuff, and it's garbage. Yeah, like yeah. You, you only have to look at almost any open world game and as to how it pads out its content with like this really minor, trivial, and silly crap. And yeah. the idea that. Uh, developers should be kind of kicked for not doing that and for just focusing on the core but story. But I want checkpoint races and yeah, it's like no, collectibles. No, I mean, did you play the race? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you play the race in Mafia One? You don't want races in that. It was bullshit. Even like um, GTA Five has less ancillary kind of like nonsense stuff than it used to. And mm. like um, yeah, the things you do have are like the stranger missions. Slowly stuff, cutting stuff out of that. Like if you think about GTA One or even yeah. Three, where they had like rampage missions and stuff. Those like that. radioactive barrels are bullshit, though. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> there, there is. That's the something. but that I yeah, that's the only concession to the old collectible thing, really, isn't it? In GTA Five, I think so. Oh, does it still have the mysterious packages? I can't remember. No, no, they've not know, been in it since. Um, no, they're in four. Pigeons in four. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. okay, interesting. So uh, this has some of that then. I, th- I think this is going to have more stuff going on in within the open world. I think they're going to just. I don't know if they're going to go full Ubisoft with it, but they're certainly going to... Um... <laughs> Never go full Ubisoft. <laughs> <laughs> you got you beat me to it. Sorry, that's such a dated reference. Also, I don't mean it because it's quite mean. But yeah, carry on. 
You know what I mean, though. Yeah, I do. I, I saw know. a clip of um, Mafia 3 where your man was crouching and he had Batman vision. He could see red silhouettes oh, for a while. And I, I went, I went, oh. Yeah, you sure you weren't you playing Hitman, Andy? Just remove all those vision modes from all games. What I, what I do like is that it's set in New Orleans or what a new... Some Bordeaux. Bordeaux, yeah. I see what they did there. Mm. Uh, <laughs> new Marseille. <laughs> um, and it's just sort of uh, and really a place I'm sort of really interested to explore. Like, it's not the kind of setting that you get within these games. And as long as they don't make it, like, weirdly racist or something, then... Seems, I, it doesn't it seem like it's kind of um, doing the opposite. Like, I, I, is I it, isn't it trying to tell like a, a story they, about race that's not like for stereotypes and yeah, it's like um, the, the, is it just the, one of the themes within a story that's otherwise like a normal kind of gangster story? I think it's like gonna be yeah, I, I think it's gonna be a very conventional is gangster it? story within it because like it, it's about you're not part of the Italian mob in this one. The, um, they, they've sort of betrayed you in somehow, and you're building up your own your own network to take take them on in the streets and. Yeah. Is it called New Bordeaux? Yeah, because you know the leaked, yep. yeah, Red Dead map. Should should read the, read this issue as the spy, Andy. Uh, <laughs> um, I, uh, and it's take two interactive. Yeah. It's the same. Did you not think though that, that that Red Dead map just it seemed a little bit too convenient? Some of the name locations, like I could I, I could work out their naming conventions and come out with to, Little Dingo. See, I, I, read, no, I read it and it seemed quite legit to me. Like if, if just some some guy had made it on the internet, I'm it not wouldn't sure. be quite as. I actually think the New Bordeaux counts against it. Because, yeah. like, when have Rockstar ever given a nod to another game yeah, series in the, terms of, like, why would they need to do cross-promotion with... Universe. Yeah. That could just be a coincidence anyway. You know, it yeah. could be, like, yeah, it, it's, like you say, it's not the most original or... No. Um, yeah. yeah, like, uh, I, don't, I don't know, interesting. But, like, um, so in terms of the way it kind of race plays into it, then it's just one of the... It's not, it's not I, I, even literally, a... that was a flippant comment I made. Okay. I have nothing to base it on. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I won't we even really challenge you. really shouldn't make this a conversation. <laughs> I won't press you on it, though. Cause... In which case, uh, yeah, well, it, it, it is interesting because, you know, uh, but yeah, most um, of these games do feature like, protagonists. You want a very sort of atmospheric, characterful city, and I think it'll make a really good setting for a game. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, as, as long as the story is good, and uh, who knows which way that'll turn. Like, not for any kind of. Reason, <laughs> not for any like. Well, I- I'm glad they're jettisoning the um, kind of stereotypical uh, Italian American. See, people stuff. complain about. Uh, yeah. t- if you look at any YouTube comment field under any Mafia Three video, it's like, oh, it's not white Italian American gangsters again. It's like, yeah, but they've done that twice. But like, in fairness, Andy, if you look under any YouTube comment field for, <laughs> for any <anything>. subject <laughs> about anything, someone yeah. is complaining about. Yeah, yeah well, the most ridiculous. Yeah, like if you look under a picture of a bunny falling over, there's a four thousand word rant about Trump. And yeah. also, who's to say it's not about like, you know, white Italian gangsters? I mean, it is. Just because they're an antagonist, they're still a character within. You know, they're yeah. still a, a faction. But people are people are like and it's I'm not a real mafia game because you're not playing as you know. You're playing, you're playing against them, so it's yeah. you know there is there is That's definitely that. I'm not siding with those people. It. I just want to make that very clear. <laughs> I love that. I love that they're doing something How new. How about we stop digging a hole? Yeah. <laughs> what do you reckon? I, Let's I back lo- out of the yeah. hole. So, game number three that I'm looking for. When's that out? Andy? When's Tetris. Tetris out? HD. I think it's October, but come on. 
Uh, let's give, us, give us a number. Uh, oh, you've, so you've switched to another page. I, I hate to make this your problem. Why do we have to do this? We don't even have to. It, who cares? We'll just talk about it again later. Anyway, when we no, but it's good for people listening so they can get an idea of like when to when oh, to to measure manage their excitement. They've got internet access. We do actually have a October seventh. Uh, I thought it was October. We yeah. do actually have a preview of the game that were, that went up about a couple of weeks ago. So if you mm. look, look for that on the website, you'll um, yeah you can read all about it, which is cool. In the same month, uh, ukulele is out. So ukulele and Mafia Three are your games for October, okay. and and some other ones probably. But that's that's all that's been announced so far. Okay. Well, in which case, um, <laughs> I like just known it? dates. It makes you sound like you're uh, you know what you're talking about. Okay. Well, fair enough. Um, but it's it's a new section where Andy reads Wikipedia. What, what's the final game on your list? Uh, then, final game though? is uh, an indie game that's coming out called Thumper. All caps. Thumper. Uh, it's difficult to describe. It's um. If you've, if you've played Audio Surf, you'll be familiar with how it looks. Uh, it, it's that sort of, you're this abstract, initially a space beetle, not an abstract ship, but along this winding track that pulsates to music and responds. looks like a visualizer from like Windows yeah, Media Player. Pretty much, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but unlike Audio Surf, where you get to control, like, you know, you, you get to define your experience to an extent based on the music you put into it. In Thumper, uh, you're playing the levels of, uh, to a set soundtrack, and it's this kind of quite nightmarish, pulsating, very frenetic soundtrack. Like, when I've described it before, I've described it as, like, playing through an anxiety attack. It really is that kind of... That doesn't sound fun at all. ...driving, but, like, I, honestly... Um, so I played oh, I'm, the I'm short of breath. I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I don't it feel good. Is a better, like I played the IGF demo um, quite a bit from last year's IGF, and yeah, the, this kind of pulsating, driving noise that just builds and grows more ominous and scary as you go through, and you just think, "Holy shit, I might actually be getting the fears here." This wow, is, is really quite something in terms of actually feeling emotions within games and stuff like there's no there's no plot or anything but it just really uses its graphics and audio to kind of provoke this quite primal sense of hmm. unsettlement within you one of the wow. devs i think one of the developers is from the band lightning bolt who i saw live once and they had two drummers and they were absolutely going wild on the drum kits and i got the same feeling of yeah. like pulsing pulsing dread pulsing dread so is. he seems to have transferred that to the game <laughs> I, I, it's quite like the more pulse the more dread yeah. <laughs> quite mechanically simplistic but um, it's, it's just a rhythm game so you know you, you press X on certain times and you press left and right at certain times but every every button press corresponds to something quite violent happening like the, a, a right 90 degree angle that you smash into and bounce off and that's how they produce this kind of soundscape of drums and pulses based on this it's well i, I don't want to play this <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, that's a perfectly reasonable reaction because well i sort of did is, from looking at it because it looked it looks really cool but like um i don't know I, you made it sound like something's going to make me feel claustrophobic yeah, and a bit I, sick. I, it's a game I'm not afraid of putting people off to an extent because I think there are some people who will hear that and go, oh yeah, I really want to try that out. Like That sounds really interesting. Is this um, a game I should play whilst wearing some like Kappa Popper trousers and, and being off my tits on <laughs> LSD? Is that... What yeah. was the 90s drug? Take what, some crystal poppers. meth. Is that it? Was that a 90s drug, crystal meth? No. What was the one ecstasy. that everyone took in Manchester? Ecstasy. Was ecstasy? The oh, the oh, there you go. I don't advocate drug use. Carry on. <laughs> so Thumper then. Take a load of speed in a field. <laughs> in the 90s. Thumper in VR. <laughs> 
Uh, it's, in, it's in VR, is it? I don't know, actually. Uh, I hope not, because well, I, don't know if I, can, <laughs> I don't know if I'd be able to deal with that. Phil, you're, um, you're lying on the floor and you've swallowed your own sick. <laughs> you're going to be all right. Just punching your chest, trying to get you to come back to life. Um, okay, cool. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the sense of existential dread that will be given <laughs> to me by Thumper whenever it comes out. I don't know if that will be on Wikipedia, because I don't think a release date's nah. been announced. No, nah, it's not a check. Indie games, isn't it? They, yeah, just, no. uh, they just say, yeah, hey, we're bringing it out next week, and then it comes out, and then we review it, and that's how it works. So, Sam, what are your... What are your three anticipated games? Do you know what? I, I don't think I have three yet, but let's start with one that I have figured out, okay. um, which is uh, Fallout 4's DLC Far Harbor, oh, which yeah. had a trailer yesterday and I thought looked really rad. Um, so it seems to be set on this island where this you're, you're there with Nick Valentine looking for this uh, missing girl and the people, uh, the residents there clearly don't want you interfering with their business. Mm. Um, so it sounds like uh, The Wicker Man. Yeah. It's the exact story of The Wicker Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, which I, Apart probably... from the robot detective. <laughs> <laughs> We yeah. should have improved that film Nick exponentially. Cage, you know? <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Yeah, um, but yeah, like uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to having another slab of that world. Like mm. I still don't know loads about it, but it looks like a good amount of real estate they've created for it. Um, and like playing uh, Point Lookout in uh, Fallout Three, like just being able to have a new part of that that world will make you just appreciate that game more. I think just knowing that seeing a little bit more of the fiction. Um, yeah, so yeah, and they, they have sort of phoned it in on the last two DLC packs, so it, it, yeah. hopefully they've been putting all the all, it, all the quality into this one. They've really been seasoning it. With. It costs nineteen ninety nine, which mm. is like half the price Oof. of the game. You know, so That's it's a bit yeah. rich for my blood. Well, it, it depends how much game there is in there, right? Yeah, it's if the, it's like it's twenty the one hours they've of said game, is there, bigger then. than Shivering Isles or the Oblivion expansion. Whether yeah. it's that interesting, although I mean, it sounds like a really good, strong sort of B movie schlocky setup for something. Yeah, yeah, um, they've even used that uh, that that horror font for the yeah. uh, for the the title which uh, was novel so yeah. i'm trying to work out how kind of like serious versus schlocky it's meant to be um it's hard to tell from that trailer because um it does seem a little bit sort of sinister that island in terms well, of bethesda that, that's one of my problems with bethesda games is that they never can settle on if they want to be serious or schlocky and the two sort of com- collide in a sort of mess inconsistent mess do you think so I, I, yeah i think the yeah. tonally the games are all over the place in terms of like one minute there's like slapstick zinny humour sitting alongside attempts to be like haunting and evocative. He's saying there's something tonally inconsistent with that bit in Oblivion where raining flaming dogs fell out of the sky (laughs) onto a race full of cat people because of some smelly cheese. (laughs) Is that what happened? That's that was that's that's a really good mission. I found that quite haunting and sober actually. Yeah. Like that bit in Magnolia. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the cat people just singing Amy Man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what uh, what to kind of make of it just yet. But um, yeah, like, it's out so, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and I bought the season pass, so yeah. I'm getting it no matter what. So I better play it really. Um, yeah. You know, simple as that. You've actually picked some of the ones I would have picked. I would have picked Dishonored too, mm. um, for many of the same reasons because you get to see another part. Of that <laughs> because world it's like Sonic and Knuckles. <laughs> Did you mean to say you would have picked Sherlock Holmes, The Devil's Daughter? <laughs> no, uh, no, and I wouldn't. I don't would have picked Lego Star Wars either. To be honest. But, yeah, um, I guess like Dishonored too. That's it. That is the idea of seeing a, a new sort of city within that is very kind of compelling as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm intrigued to see more about Titanfall too. Um, oh, right, like yeah. you know, without knowing much about it, like uh, knowing it's going to have like a campaign element to it. That's swords, uh, big swords. Yeah, mm. robot swords. Yeah, for sure. Like the first one was good, and I, I know the kind of common thing we that everyone leveled at it was I played it for two weeks and I never played it again. But I do know some people who played that game like endlessly. Right. Um, and I must say, it's one of the, I don't really play competitive games, and I still manage to get about twenty hours out of it. So uh, that's yeah. that for me is still worth the money. I PC think. gamer contributor fighting man Andy Hamilton, I think, is 
one of the last the last people playing Titanfall. <laughs> he's still hanging on. Yeah, he's him he... and four other people just <laughs> yeah. endlessly bashing each other with robots. You sense from Battlefront that maybe EA has finally learned its lesson a bit when it comes to fracturing the player base. Like, yes, they're still selling DLC packs, but they're trying to give away more free stuff as well. Mm. Whereas Titanfall, you did get more free modes in Titanfall, but the maps stayed the same. I'd like, love to yeah. see the player numbers for Battlefront just out of interest because yeah. there's, I bet there was a pretty sharp drop off. Like when people realised how shallow it was you know I, i've still got a soft spot for battlefront like it's something i can just jam on for 20 minutes you know yeah. take out some oh, great for that, and yeah. Then, yeah and then turn it off again but it doesn't have much of you don't feel like you're going to be grinding away to no. unlock some inner intricacy or whatever it's just a kind of yeah it's a bit simple yeah and um well, uh, time for time for field five details will be out when people listen to this which yeah. is oh yeah so it's set in um, world war one slash vietnam yeah. slash on the moon as we record this there's a three yeah. slash whatever yeah um, there's a, ma- a man looking at something in wonder that's all they've shown as we mm. record this so what could he be looking at an explosion a gun i have no a uh, tank i have no emotional investment in battlefield but i acknowledge it's a big series I, and a big deal yeah. for people but, yeah. really loved bad company 2 and quite liked battlefield 3 and i think just as they go on they've really kind of Expanded and the feature creep has really hurt that series. I think over the years, I'd, I'd like if the next Battlefield, whatever it is, does sort of bring it back a bit and streamline a few things and just make a really good shooter that they don't then yeah destroy with seventy map packs and yeah. Oh well, yeah, fair, yeah, fair a enough. A million gun upgrades. And uh, Battlefield for me has become a thing that I enjoy via the medium of E3 trailers, where it's like, oh look, a tower fell down. You know, like that mm. plane just flew into that. And I know those things are probably nightmarishly hard to do. In uh, I used in to practicality. enjoy it the most via the medium of our art editor John Strike, who used to play it in the office after work yeah. with his clan, and he would just scream at his clan mates. I've never <laughs> heard such creative swearing. Yeah, yeah. they just go, you fucking bollock. <laughs> just like a, like a shotgunning, um, you know, colloquial insults. It's uh, it's really something. Sorry, I don't think I cut off your third game there. No, I don't even know if I have one to be honest. Um, but actually, no, I got three there. I got yeah, Dis- Dishonored as well. It, yeah. But the thing I'd say about Dishonored Two, I'm looking forward to, is just seeing more of that world in terms of what does another country look like yeah, within, yeah. That, within that uh, within that it, t- yeah, it, it built up so much and there was stuff in uh, audio diaries and the map and stuff where you think I want to see yeah, what's it, outside it, of it almost sounded yeah. like um, they, they started with something quite almost traditional to sort of lead into the weirder aspects yeah. of that world so like slightly having, Victorian like, England and then sort of based on some yeah. of the descriptions it sounded like that was a, quite a more recognisable world than some of the countries out there yeah and, it's uh, like the, a sort of big jungle continent isn't it across the across the sea and yeah, yeah. they're like this so you see, like a sequel plan isn't it basically yeah. Yeah. we've built a world according to the sequels we want to make which is fair enough it in, could, uh, I think a, a jungly dishonoured and the vein of Snake Eater could be good I, I really did love the first one. Like I do think it trailed off a bit once after you did all the mission marks and you got betrayed and all that stuff. Oh, spoiler alert. And um, but I, I, I think the thing they they could get better at is storytelling. Like I don't I don't think the narrative was that good in the first game. Like mm. it was. I, oh, the, with the outsider just. Yeah. Going around telling him how interested he is in you. You're yeah. really interesting, Corvo. Uh, cheers, oh, cheers, you're emo so guy. Interesting. Yeah. And like, um, and admittedly, you know, it was it was the story stuff I enjoyed was the the stories I created, as mm. much as it always is in those games. But like, um, I I I would like the the story itself to have more satisfying reflections of your choice. I really didn't like the whole. 
oh, Sam, you're the boat guy, not me, um, <laughs> taking you to that island at the end. And you're like, go on, dickhead. Why yeah. 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 Go, yeah, go kill people. You love killing people, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. But you didn't say yeah, that, but you know. The, the, the punishing you for wanting to use some of its better powers is yeah, just that's really it, stupid. The interaction, it's not like Deus Ex. The interactions in that game are all incredibly satisfying. Yeah. So if you shoot a guy, it feels bloody good. Yeah. You stab a guy, you're like, yeah. It was the end of. good, you know. Yeah, it's sort of the end of mission screen. Like it says, you can play how you want, but the end of mission screen would always uh, reflect poorly on you if you used anything but stealth. Yeah, yeah. So, so it made you feel like you were doing it wrong, even though you weren't. Yeah, it's. It, it's uh, don't get me wrong. I, I love the first game. Like that's my. That's probably my only gripe about it. I think it's a. It was a fantastic game. Like a. Yeah. A bang on uh, modern classic. So this could only get better, and that's uh, that's really exciting to me. Also, Emily in that kind of E three trailer, just it's really rad. Rad character design with these yeah. cool like rad darkness styles. Yeah. What about, um, Corval will speak this time. Voiced oh, by yeah, Stephen voice Russell by... from mm. Thief. Yeah, I don't know if he needs to. I guess if he's a mentor to Emily, he needs yeah, to speak. Yeah, if the two characters have to interact in yeah. any way, then yeah. And then there's like Vincent D'Onofrio and Rosario Dawson. They've clearly been watching Daredevil at Bethesda. Yeah, got yeah. a lot of time for D'Onofrio. Yeah. Apart from in Jurassic World. You should watch Daredevil, Andy. He's really good in that. Yeah. I know. You Private Pile, you'll always be to me. And that weird guy out of Men mm. in Black. <laughs> Talks like that. <laughs> What's he called? Yeah. That's right, the guy in the van. Yeah. Alien in the man suit. Uh, yes, yes, very yeah. good. A man and alien to a one and the two. Clearly, they, uh, <laughs> yeah, clearly they've got their hands in their pocket for some voice talent. Because like, um, yeah, the ta- I was just thinking about the cast for the last one, like a ridiculous uh, cast, you know, for a new IP. They had like Susan Sar- Sarandon, um, Chloe Moretz was it? Who's playing Emily? Yeah, she playing Emily in this one? Did they say Brad Dourif? Like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I should have laughed at that. He's brilliant, <laughs> though. He's one of the best character actors, uh, you know, in, in in films, and like they got him. I know, but what was the last? Play quite a rubbish what was the last film you watched him in in the cinema, Andy? Probably Lord of the Rings. When he plays Worm Tongue. Is that him? Is it? Okay, yeah, yeah that was. I mean, that, that was tw- thirteen years yeah. ago. He's like. he's a powerhouse in the best X Files episode, Beyond the Sea. <laughs> he plays uh, Luther Lee Boggs, the serial killer. <laughs> I'm not even joking. He's amazing in that. that Check is, it out. If oh yeah, no, he, <laughs> if you've not seen it, he's good in that. I, 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 yeah. I don't. I don't doubt it. It's just I was. I was sort of taken away, taken aback by how Andy Kelly that sentence was. <laughs> Powerhouse in this episode. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, Dishonored two. I think that's going to be um, one yeah. of uh, one of the best games of the year, and that will be going up against Deus Ex as well, will, obviously, which I'm very excited about. But having nothing new to, to hopefully say, both so, will uh, be yeah. very good. Yep. In, um, in which their one? Own stabby, sneaky ways. One will be like Sonic and Knuckles. One will be like Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Um, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll soon find out. Sonic um, Spimble. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So we've got a few reader questions here. I've uh, cherry-picked the best ones because there's a lot of bad ones. Um, <laughs> a little, but, um, little, little bit of question advice, especially for those of you emailing questions in. Don't, don't, don't say, hey, guys, what do you think of this game that we obviously haven't played? Because we haven't played it, and I have nothing to say about it. Well, Phil's being very harsh there, but I, I nonetheless appreciate you, uh, you writing in. Oh, no, if, I'm not saying I don't appreciate it. I'm just saying... I have like some of the some of the requests we got. I literally couldn't say anything about if if I had hours to track <laughs> down this game I'd never heard of and played what, it. What do you think of Zelda on Wii U? You know, it's like just that. not relevant to my interests. Really good. <laughs> I'm sure it will be. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we've got some good ones though. And uh, if you have any questions for us, it's uh, pcgameratfuturenet.com. Uh, our first question today is: What is the best strategy game for people new to the genre? And that's from Maxo Eleven X. Depend. I was I was looking at this question earlier and thinking that depends on. Whether you want real time or four X or whatever, so maybe we should just hit like, what's the best real time strategy game to get into it? I think probably um, Supreme Commander Two. Like that's got a lot of what's good about real time strategy for mm. me. Um, maybe but, maybe Starcraft Two. Like that's super polished and that's true. Yeah, yeah and but, like, Blizzard always 
uh, and through the campaign, like the campaign is really slick because obviously yeah. it's Blizzard and they just it teaches you all different ways of playing through mission design. I think yeah. that's a good starter one. I'm not sure it's really that good as a way to transition into multiplayer, but I've been no. playing strategy games for tens of tens of years and I've still not been able to transition into well, multiplayer. Yeah. My advice is never play multiplayer StarCraft two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> unless you're you know, unless you're like under twenty one, you're just not gonna get annihilated, yeah. aren't you? Because your reaction times won't be fast enough mm. and they can do all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. But what about <clears throat> something yeah, I mean like nah not the Total War games. That's not a good introduction to, um, to real time strategy. Warhammer might be a good introduction to that sort of like yeah. fusion of strategy games. Um, yeah, well, but it is, and that'll teach you a bit about 4X type games. Yeah, it's a bit with about the, 4X, yeah. a bit about RTS. Like the RTS yeah. is incredibly complicated, while the strategy stuff seems to be fairly manageable a yeah. lot of the time. But, but what yeah. about more? What about grand strategy? Stellaris, possibly Stellaris. Um, if you're looking at 4X in general, it, probably, it is probably just like Civilization Five. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a really slick and easy to learn thing. It yeah. it guides you through nicely while letting you. Endless Legend thing. as well. Got some Endless good Legend is, is probably better. Um, I think I think some of its systems are kind of quite advanced in terms of like, its tutorials are alright but I just find them kind of difficult to pass a lot of the time Enemy Unknown as well uh, on the turn based front and uh, oh yeah yeah tactically uh, yeah, yeah tactically yeah and then um, Invisible Ink on the same on the same scale mm. yeah stuff like difficulty down for that one yeah stuff like Invisible Ink's games where you in command of one character I actually like something like Shadowrun Returns is a, is a good um, is a fairly simple strategy game but mm. that requires some yeah fun. I, I Oh, sort of very sort of if if you're really into RPGs and stuff, they kind of blend a nice yeah. sort of tactical layout with a lot of RPG systems you'll be familiar with. So <clears throat> yeah. there's loads of options out there depending on what kind of what kind of strategic yeah things you want to do. Yeah. That's cool. Right, I think we've answered that very well. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, will Overwatch's success failure determine the future of hero FPS games, or should we expect to surge anyway? That's from Raphael Maida, whose name I've almost certainly written down wrong. Um, I uh, I haven't played a great deal of Overwatch yet, um, and uh, I know you guys have played a bit. But I think it's a given. I think it's given that it's going to be a massive success. Yeah, I don't anyway. think any Blizzard game that is that has as much of a push behind it is going to be a failure. It I could just be don't... Starcraft Mahjong, and it would sell yeah, ten million. I, yeah, I just don't think that happens. I think, I think Blizzard is such a force, and to an extent for really good reasons because they are very good at sort of putting these games together. But even if it's a bit duff from like a game game perspective I, I don't think it's going to matter too much because they'll just keep working on it until yeah. it's just got the backing also but, people seem to love it already. yeah exactly already it's got a thing um, let's pretend it could like it was even possible for it to be a failure I think we're still going to see lots of these as you call them hero FPS's like we've already got Battle, battle now. Ball. we've got didn't did Bethesda cancel the yeah they got cancelled the one the, Battle Cry Battle Cry that yeah. wasn't an FPS though was it that was um, that um, was a third person game, wasn't it? Uh, I thought okay, it was, it was yeah. still like that hero, hero kind of multiplayer type, yeah, action yeah. MOBA. Um, I I wonder if like um, some of those elements might filter down into some of the bigger FPS games in terms of like hero abilities and such. Actually, didn't the most recent um, Call of Duty, the man who cuts my hair, plays Call of Duty, and he was telling me that the latest version, um, you choose in multiplayer, you choose basically like hero. Hmm. Classes almost, but right. you s select from a group of characters who have different abilities, like um, being really good at wall running or whatever. <laughs> and so th there was an, even yeah. a, an element of that in there, like of of not picking a standard class, but picking like a character that does something yeah, really mean, well. Yeah, like yeah, they're not that different from just the class based 
shooters we had before. Oh, just it's, just, yeah. it's just a man's got a name. It, they, yeah. Instead of being called Assault, they're called John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I'm sure it'll be very influential, but um, yeah, there's no doubt oh, and, um, a, a failure, of a success, rather. Oh, that... That's high res are doing the one that's called possibly Paragon or oh Paragon that's Epic's one that's, that's Epic's, Epic's one, one yeah. right then then high res are doing another one that's called something else that's a bit like Paragon but it's quite good because I was playing it at Gamescom last year uh, it's it's like it is a hero based thing and it's got this random leveling up system that has it's, it's both a shooter, a hero-based thing, and a collectible card game, and all of these things oh, in one. Just, but, someone but, who doesn't really play these games, and I know lots of people do, I just find it quite hard to to I'd say, know what they are and what each one I, does I, well. I, and well, I the problem is having too many of them. And I kept shooting arrows into people, and they died, and I had fun. And what and, Overwatch? Uh, no, in in. Whatever high res are making, yeah. <laughs> they need some better names. Clearly, yeah, they really yeah. like between like Battleborn, Battlecry, Paragon. Um, what yeah. is it called? Well, don't, don't stress it. Paladin, 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 oh, yeah. Paladin Paragon, something, oh, something, Battleborn, Battlecry. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. uh, well, I think the main problem uh, with having too many of them is that playing any one of them requires a massive time commitment. So yeah. um, that's. A, but then um, Overwatch is going to have no problem getting a player base. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's down to the other ones to struggle standard for standard uh, MOBA slash MMO slash whatever protocol where you just find the one that you really like and yeah. that could be your one of them. So I guess you and get choice, which is nice. You get to have comment based thread flame wars with the people who like the other ones. Cool. Um, so and that, that'll keep the internet fun for a few more years. Yes, indeed. It'll keep things spicy. Okay, uh, the next question is from uh, Hoaxfish, otherwise known as... What's his name, Andy? I forgot his name now. Um, oh, no, prostate that, Puncher. No, 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 that's the next oh, question. Oh, is it? Okay, that's the next one. Okay, yeah, sorry. sorry, Hoaxfish. <laughs> not not also known not as Prostate Puncher. Punch prostate. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, what multiplayer-only game do you feel would have been better as a single-player game? I thought about this, yeah. and the one I came up with was Star Wars Battlefront. I don't really yes. want to play that with people. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to. I want all that spectacle in mm. the. Um, the, they have these training missions you can play, waste-based yeah. things, with rubbish, and oh, you like them. Yeah, I can, well, as little snippets of Star Warsy things you can do. But you can't play them for like five, ten. Yeah, hours, that's so. what I mean. Like, if, I, I, I think I said in my review actually that if they strung, if they made those slightly better and strung them together with a loose bit of plot or yeah. something, I'd be happy with that as like mm. a. A campaign, but well, they have said they're exploring more offline options for players. But I think what I want is like the the full Battle of Hoth, but with AI yeah, and, and yeah. not to be like sniped every time I sp- to be spawn sniped. Yeah, like, it's like if they could offer me that, which the old Battlefront games did, just yeah. the Star Wars spectacle. Even if the AI isn't amazing, that's still uh, that, that's interesting to yeah, me how that, to play that. And since um, John Boyega complained on Twitter that there was no campaign, I think they're <laughs> yeah. gonna, I think they'll put one in the next game. So yeah, probably. That's what, that's what it took. But the thing is, conversely, I, I don't think Titanfall needs a single player. I think that was perfect. It was just as, as yeah. fun multiplayer. Like they they should have done some better things with perhaps dedicated servers and you know better better DLCs, keeping the player base that remains together, that sort of thing. Yeah, but it's very sort of infrastructural EA based stuff that you can't really do anything about but also there's a very it's a very um, delicate set of systems in mm. Titanfall that fit together very well um, yeah, so I, as a multiplayer game it's quite perfect I absolutely perfect. don't think that needed to be a single player game mm. but you're right Battlefront absolutely would have yeah particularly for that audience as well yeah. who doesn't want to be spawn sniped they want to just have a cool Star Wars experience and turn it off again um, but yeah Okay, so my next question is from uh, Prostate Puncher, <laughs> aka Death Reveals on Twitter, who's one of Andy's mates, I, uh, I believe. Uh, what's the grottiest game? He's you've... Scottish. <laughs> yes, he's Scottish. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, there you go. Good. That's why. All those Caledonians like got... to stick together. Well, I've got to be careful here because I don't want to be like, you know, the butt of the jokes from the uh, Scottish I think he's comedy Scottish. Illuminati. He might not be Scottish. I think he is. Who knows? I follow a lot of Scottish people on Twitter and they all seem to be in a little cabal, the Caledonian Mafia. Okay. So, yeah, he might be one of them. I'm not sure. <laughs> but okay. he punches prostates, apparently. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, after all of that deeply impenetrable information, um, what's the grottiest game you've ever played? And I thought about this and like... Um, I do. Uh, I, I remember in the sex scene in um, Fahrenheit, uh, aka oh, Indigo yeah. Prophecy, I did sort of pull a face. Like when which I'd one swim, though? Or which face? <laughs> <laughs> it looked a bit which, like an Alan Partridge which, face. <laughs> which, which sex scene? Because there's the one where um, there's one where you're dead. There's one where you're alive, and there's one where you're dead. There's one where you where uh, the you play you, guitar to your where, ex. Yeah, that, and then there's the one where one? Carla humps a, a man who's frigid with death. <laughs> Oh yeah, and a train David car. Cage. Yeah. <laughs> um, if that you, was probably slightly grottier. Yeah. What I will say about um, about uh, Fahrenheit is definitely track down Andy's video, the madness of uh, Fahrenheit. Yeah, search which, YouTube for the madness of Fahrenheit. Where he basically cut together all the all of the endless ridiculous moments <laughs> yeah. into a very funny compilation. <laughs> That's worth watching. But I, 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 I meant the one where you um, play guitar into your ex, yeah. and because you play guitar well, you have sex with her. Yeah. Which is not how that works. Whilst your arms are covered in uh, bloody bandages. Oh, what a mess of a game! Um, but yeah. yeah, that was a, that was a bit gotty. But I, I don't know if I've really played anything that's really Leisure like, Suit Larry Magna Cum Laude. Mm. It's pretty grotty. Um, Duke Nukem 3D is pretty grotty. Oh yeah, when you could you could throw money at women and like yeah, and it's just in like just a bit, just a bit gross. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the, don't the women like explode and get killed by aliens and stuff? It's a bit gross, isn't it? But, yeah. Um, I don't know. It was I, the 90s though, wasn't it? You know, if you want, if you want some, if you want some video grot. Got to look to VR these days, haven't you? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. You, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. They didn't weren't. you do a whole post of these? <laughs> yeah. Didn't you do a whole series of gifts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's some grotty VR games. I, I'm trying to think if they're that grotty though. There's like sexy space adventure, which is more harrowing. We had like sort of <laughs> really bad clipping, so you had like sort mm. of horrendous models of writhing naked women sort of clipping into your face. Uh, as you leaned into them, <laughs> was quite, so that was more like a sort of David Cronenberg nightmare uh, than than actually uh, grotty. Yeah, there was some. Yeah, the VR games they, they were they were quite grimy. There was one guy. So there's one called uh, VR Sex Dungeon, which was pretty grim. <laughs> well, actually, I'll just won't talk about. Just the. Yeah. Do you know what the that. title kind of tells the story there? Yeah. I think. If you Google, have you gone P, uh, Google PCGamer.com VR Sex? Uh, we might think at the top, hopefully, and you can read make all sure, about make, it. Make sure safe search is on if you're at work. Yeah, because <laughs> so, a lot of a lot of these search yeah. terms. The images are tastefully wrong. cropped, um, just below the the nutty bits, so yeah. you might be all right. But yeah, if you want to read about VR grot, then uh, uh, the the yeah. gr- I the grottiest uh, sex related thing I've sort of played in a game. Um, it's probably not on PC actually. It's probably in the God of War games, the yeah. second one where. You just send your god man to to do two women in like yeah. a pool, and it's about as unsexy as I just made it sound. Um, yeah. Where yeah, and then you twist the stick and do QT. Oh, Killer is dead actually, which I reviewed for us, where you had to um, uh, distract. Uh, you set at a bar with a woman, and when she turned her head, you had to get a good long look at her boobs before she turned around and caught you to fill up a meter. <laughs> that was quite grotty. Yeah, I suppose so. Is that the thing that people kicked off about, or is that gigolo mode? Is that, is that, is gigolo that, mode, oh, yeah, that's it. That is. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I think that kind of pretty much fulfills the brief, yeah. doesn't G- it? Games are sufficiently grotty, but mm. there's room for more grot. 
yeah, I, I, well, I, there is no, they've never really explored uh, sex in an interesting or tasteful way, have they? Like, um, Bioware is as close to it as it gets. Even yeah. though it's like oh, you mean the way in Dragon Age Origins, when you're a brothel and you're giving options, and one of the options is surprise me. I think it can involve yeah. some sort of animal. You don't really yeah. see anything, but you just mm. wake up in pants, don't you? Yeah. Which oh, is, Metro you know... 23... Oh, no, Metro Last Light. There's some oh, yeah, yeah. There's some a bit grim. really sort of dead-eyed uh, 3D women jiggling their uh, sort of ludicrous bits in front of you. The Saboteur. I think they actually sold boobs as a DLC in that one. Um, <laughs> I think it might, have been fr- it might have been like free with the, when you bought the box copy or something. Yeah. I can't remember now. But yeah, that was a, that was a thing. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I not really in my bag to be honest, but um, who knows? If they if they did, yeah, if they did grotty games in a kind of interesting way, but I don't think that's possible because it's the audience they're targeting. It's almost always going to be, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I guess I have nothing more to say on that subject. And uh, with that, we wrap up another episode of the podcast. And so, uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, I'm Samuel W. Roberts on Twitter. If you want to. Uh, tweet me or you know complain or whatever um phil i, I am at octader o-c-t-a-e-d-e-r yeah, and, and uh, i bet you wish you picked a twitter name that you didn't have to spell out every uh, it would have been handy wouldn't yeah. it I'm, I'm at ultra brilliant like that like that two simple words <laughs> um yeah and so uh, tweet us if you have any feedback or any questions and we'll uh, we'll definitely read them out on the on the podcast if they're good uh, if you'll leave us a review on itunes that'd be great uh we very much appreciate it last time or the time before the last, uh, Phil threatened people into leaving reviews, and it worked. Mm. So, Phil, I don't know if you have any more threats. I, I mean, the, the last. just listen to the last time I was on. That, that still stands. That's true. And, uh, <laughs> what did I even say? I don't know. You just sort of had that I, sort I of like... I think I pointed out that a lot of people weren't leaving reviews because you, you, were, you were leaving free will into the equation. That's true, <laughs> yeah. just like... Yeah, maybe it does help us. Actually, I'm not sure if it even does. No, I, 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 I can't penetrate iTunes algorithms. I have no <laughs> idea how any of it works. I think I think it does. We're always high in the charts, and so I very much appreciate your support. Um, if you want to uh, read uh, the latest issue of the magazine, that's out this week. Uh, by the time you read this, it would have been out for a few days. Yep. But it's the Dawn of War mm-hmm. 3 issue, and it comes with a free Steam key for Dawn of War 2 when you buy the print version. So yep. that's very, very cool. But you can also read about Skywind, the, the cool Skyrim mod project in that. Yeah, give me Andy's can... Quantum Break review as well. Yeah, and uh, Ooh, yeah. yeah, find out why I hate adventure games now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was that's a really fun feature where uh, Phil played through uh, Day of the Tentacle Remastered and he used Andy as his LucasArts tip <coughs> line, and then Andy build him for every single yep. clue, which was great. You can see some harsh words about the adventure game genre in that feature, <laughs> <laughs> and then read Andy's review <clears throat> to balance it out, where yeah. he's very positive about the game. Yeah, um, but yeah, um, check it out, and uh, we'll be back next week at the same time. So thank you very much for listening. <laughs>